Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Brent Jones. Enjoy. Morning. Turn to somebody on your row and say good morning. Yeah, nearly, nearly afternoon. I won't keep you here till afternoon. I promise, Robbie. So much going on. I I uh, I heard those numbers from the pantry yes, uh, from yesterday, and it just it's amazing what God's doing. Um, did you last week, uh, Pastor Trevor mentioned that if you join us for for Easter last week and you're you're here with us again today, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Do you know that in children's ministry last week, eight kids gave their lives to Jesus. I know we're throwing a lot of numbers at you today, but that's a really important one. That's a really important number. Eight kids giving their lives to Christ in a Sunday. That's, that's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, we're just, like, like Pastor Trevor mentioned today, we're starting a series on Galatians. And I'm getting a lot of echo up here. Uh, we're starting this series on Galatians. And rather than dive right into Galatians this morning, I thought that was kind of a big pill to swallow. So we're going to ease you into Galatians. We're going to ease you into the letter with Paul with an Old Testament prophet. Can we do that? All right. Well, I, I want to pray before we start, but um, this morning I really want you just to open yourself up to hear from God, to hear what God wants to speak to you today, because I believe God has a message for us today, a message specifically for, for each of us today. So God, today we just welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come and speak to us whatever you want to speak, come and say to us whatever you want to say. Or would you just um, speak through me whatever you want to say today, God? And just do in us as a church family, Lord, what you want to do. God, we just surrender to you. We submit to you today. We submit our hearts to you and our minds to you, God, today. Would you speak to us, we ask, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, uh, as he said, the title of our series is Good News. Good News. And... Today, we're going to talk a little bit about news, but you know, news is not always a positive term. I want to, we're surrounded by news all the time. You can go ahead and put those up on the screen. We're surrounded by news all the time. We have unlimited access to news at a depth and a pace that no other generation in history has before us. In mere decades, we've gone from newspapers and people just shouting headlines on the streets to radio, then television, then cable, then the 24-hour news cycle, then the internet, now cell phones. And now studies say that most people, 80-some percent of people, actually get their news from social media and from apps any time of day. In fact, now, instead of who wrote the story and the day that they wrote the story in the news article, what you read, and, and, and if I could zoom in on there, I can't, but um, if I could zoom in on some of those, you would see updated 12 minutes ago, updated two minutes ago, updated 20 minutes ago. So news is available to us just like that in a 24-hour cycle that never stops. 
Today we're talking about news, and so many images come to mind when we talk about news, and I'm just telling you what, for me, I have a hard time with the news. I, I actually have to, to not read it most of the time, not watch it most of the time, not participate in it, because it, I get really down. I get pretty depressed. I struggle to read it, and I wonder what's happening in our world. But today, as we start this series called Good News, and this the New Testament book of Galatians is this letter where the Apostle Paul, he writes it to the churches in Galatia. And it, it's these churches that he established on his second missionary journey. But instead of going into a whole history lesson on that this morning, I just want to talk about good news and what it is. Throughout the New Testament, we hear it again and again and again. Paul, Peter, James, John, Matthew, the other disciples spreading what? The good news. The Bible says that they went here and they shared the good news. They went here. They shared the good news. They spread the good news. They told people everywhere. They went about the good news. But what is the good news? To understand good news and what it would have meant to the followers of Jesus in the New Testament, we really have to go back to what good news, how good news is used descriptively in the Old Testament. Good news is used in Isaiah 40. To describe the message that Jerusalem at the time and the world needed to hear at that time. And so we're going to look at that uh, this morning. We're going to look briefly at Isaiah chapter 40 and then we're going to dig into that a little bit and just see uh, what, what we can glean from that this morning. So Isaiah 40, starting in verse 1. I love this. A verse in the Bible on news starts like this. Comfort. Comfort my people. You know, and growing up, I grew up um, as a musician. I grew up in choir, uh, high school choir, um, community choirs, uh, choir in college, after college, always singing in choir. And the staple of any choir's repertoire is Handel's Messiah. And Handel handles this, handles, Handel, (laughs) that's really the only way to say it. He handles this passage so beautifully in the Messiah where he says, Comfort ye my people. And it's sung by a, by a lyric soprano. Comfort ye my people. Comfort ye my people, says your God. And it's, this, and it's this beautiful moment where there's all of this choir happening and hundreds of voices happening and then it comes down to one beautiful soft voice and she says, Comfort ye. Comfort ye. And it's like leaning in. And you can feel it. When you're performing the piece, you can feel the audience lean into where you are right there as you sing that verse. Isaiah says, comfort ye my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem. Call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her guilt has been removed, that she's received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. She's been, Jerusalem's been through a pretty rough time. Verse 3 says, the voice of one calling out, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up. Let every mountain hill be made low. Let the, let, <clears throat> and let the uneven ground become a plain. And the rugged terrain a broad valley. <clears throat> then the Lord will be revealed. 
and all flesh will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Watch this in verse 6. A voice says, call out. And then he answered, what shall I call out? All flesh is grass. All its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers. The flower fades. Then the breath of the Lord blows upon it. People are indeed grass. See, he's saying, hey, call out to the people. And the response from the human is like, what am I supposed to say? We're just grass here. We're like flowers in a field here. One breath from the Lord and we're just gone. This is a human response to a God question. Well, I don't know. I'm just grass. I, I'm, no, I'm not I, one breath from God and, and we're gone. People are indeed grass, it says. The grass withers, the grass fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Verse 9. Go up on a high mountain, Zion, messenger of good news. Raise your voice forcefully. Shout is what most translations say. They say, shout. Jerusalem, messenger of good news. Raise it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah. Here it is. Here is your God. Here is your God. This is the good news. Here is your God. That's the good news. The good news is God is here. He has come to you. What was going on in Jerusalem at the time is Judah and Jerusalem were surrounded and being attacked nonstop. They were under siege by the Assyrian army. Nonstop. They were just coming in and they were being totally besieged and they were worn out and they were weary and they were tired and they were beaten down and they were out of resources and they needed help. And Isaiah gets a message from God and the message from God is, hey, there's good news. God is here. God is here. He has come to you. Good news. The prophet Zechariah, in chapter 9, verse 9, the prophet says, Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Is that familiar from the last few weeks? What is the good news? Your king comes to you. God is here. God is here. Your king comes to you. Zechariah is one of the last of the Old Testament Testament prophets. And as the, the Old Testament is winding down and they're looking for their Messiah increasingly, he says, look, your king comes to you. And he predicts exactly how Jesus will enter Jerusalem. He also predicts exactly how Jesus will be betrayed by 30 pieces of silver. But no one quotes that. <laughs> you see, this is, this is what we would call in the vineyard uh, now and not yet. This, this word to, to Jerusalem, it was, right, it was right now. He's saying, hey, your king's coming to you. He's coming to you. He's coming to you. He'll be there. He's here. Your king is here. The kingdom is here. And then it's coming. This isn't just a word for them. This is also a word for us. It was then and it's now. 
That's the beauty of the of, of, of prophetic word is that it was for them. It was for Jerusalem and, and Judah and their siege that they were under. And it's also for us now. Your king is coming and is here. Jesus actually quotes Isaiah. One day he's in the synagogue and he asks for the, the scroll of Isaiah. Some of you might know it. He says, hey, bring me, bring me the scroll of Isaiah, which is a very big scroll. So it probably took two guys to bring the scroll over to him, and they unroll it to this passage in Isaiah 61. And he says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord, he's reading, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the humble. He sent me to bind up brokenhearted to proclaim release to captives and freedom to prisoners. He's there to say, good news is here. Jesus quotes Isaiah here, and then he says of himself, today this is fulfilled in your hearing. He actually tells them that. He's standing in church, in the synagogue that day. He reads the prophecy about himself, and then he says, hey, today this has been fulfilled. You can check this one off. It's done. I'm here. I'm here. Today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, here I am. Jesus is the good news. Like it says in Isaiah 40, here is your God. And he was literally standing right there in front of them. So if Jesus is the good news, what is he like? What's he like? What is the good news about? What is the good news? Yes, we know Jesus came. He lived on the earth. He lived a sinless life. He was tortured and died for our sins. He was buried in a tomb and he rose three days later victorious over death, hell and the grave. And then he ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father and gave us the Holy Spirit. But what is he like? You know, the rest of Isaiah chapter 40 goes on after it says good news, after it says go up on a mountain and shout good news and go tell everyone good news. It goes on to say that he's powerful. He's all powerful. He's mighty. He's a caring shepherd. It says that he gathers the lambs in his arms and those, those, um, those sheep that are expecting, he gathers them up too. He's a caring shepherd, it describes him as. It describes him as massive. Like, really? It does? Yes, it does. He says he measures the water in his hand and it marks off the heavens with the width of his hand. He marks off the heavens with the width of his hand. It says he holds all of the dust of the earth in a basket. He says, who can gather the dust of the earth in a basket? This is, he's describing the good news. He's describing who he is. It says he's weighed the mountains on his scale. It says that he's without compare. It also says this, he moves nations and leaders. It says that nations are, quote, just a drop in a bucket. It also says that nations before him are just like dust on a scale. That puts the news in perspective, doesn't it? He's without compare. He's without compare. It says he lives forever. His word lives forever. He's the creator of all things. 
You see, as it's describing in in Isaiah chapter 40, as it's describing Jesus, it's saying he is everything that you need and more than you need. Do I need do I need to serve a God who can hold, you know, the the world in the palm of his hands? Well, Well, no, that's more than I need. Do I need to serve a God that can hold the dust of the earth in a basket? Well, no, that's more than I need. He's greater than I need. He is beyond what I need. And he's everything that I need. This is who he is. We don't need to add anything to the good news because you don't need to add anything to Jesus. He stands alone. Any temptation to add or take away from the good news of the gospel... And the one who described it is an attempt to find strength, hope, peace, life, and rest in something else. And if you need to add to it, you don't understand it yet. If I need to add to the good news, I don't understand it. Because he's everything. Are you with me this morning? The same word that says good news in Isaiah, that word news in Hebrew, basura, it it goes back, the first time it's used is way, way back in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 4. We're not going to read it all today. It's a a crazy story in 1 Samuel chapter 4. There's a lot happening. It actually sounds a lot like what's happening at Jerusalem at the time this prophecy is spoken uh, with Assyrians and, and under siege and warfare. But this word news, it comes to a man named Eli. In 1 Samuel chapter 4, Eli was the priest at the time and he was 98 when this happens. And the Bible says he's old and he cannot see. The Bible also says he's fat, but that's fine. Just, yeah, how would you like to be remembered like that? He was old, he was fat, and he couldn't see. <laughs> Help us, Lord. <laughs> the Bible cracks me up sometimes. It's like, God, why'd you have to say that about him? I mean, that's just rude. No, it's part of the story. The fat part is part of the story. You'll have to read it yourself. Anyway, now you're all going to be like, hey, where's First Samuel? Do it after church. <laughs> So Eli, anyway, he's a priest. He's 98. He's blind. He can't see. Uh, he's overweight. And he's sitting at the tabernacle, the Bible says. And Eli has two sons. And at the time, Israel's in a, another major, major battle with the Philistines. They're, they're getting robbed. They're taking their fields. They're taking their kids. They're taking, they're, they come in like looters, and they take everything, and they go back over the border. And it's this, it's this chaos. It's constant chaos. And Eli, being the priest, is the leader at the time. And so what happens is his sons decide this would be a really good idea, is in the next battle, if they took the Ark of the Covenant into battle with them. So they, out of the tabernacle, they take the Ark of the Covenant, the gold box with the lid with the two angels over it. The Bible says that God dwelt right between the angels on top. It was the dwelling place of God on earth. They decided it would be a good idea to take that with them into battle. To apply God 
to their situation. So they take God into battle with them. And it says that his two sons go with it into battle, go with the Ark of the Covenant into battle. And so when they bring the Ark out, what happens? The Ark gets taken. The Ark of the Covenant, where God dwelt, the place, the touchdown of the Creator on earth gets taken from the children of Israel and gets taken over with the Philistines back to their place. Well, now what? Now what? And here's where we get this first time the word news is used. It says a messenger runs into the city and it brings news to Eli that his sons are dead and that God is gone. God is gone. And you're like, oh, it was just a box. It was just a... No, no, no. This is the throne. The children of Israel described it as the throne, the place, the mercy seat is what it's described as. It's the place where God dwelt. And in that moment, he runs to Eli and he says, your sons are dead. We've lost... 30,000 people have been killed. And God is gone. The Ark of the Covenant is gone. Eli is so overwhelmed, he falls off his chair and dies. Right there. His daughter-in-law is pregnant, and she is so overwhelmed at the loss of her husband and the loss of the Ark of the Covenant. They're a priestly family. This is all they did. They represented God here with the Ark. They find out all... She goes into labor... She gives birth. As she's giving birth, she's dying. And the maid that's helping her says, don't, don't give up hope. You have a son. And she says, the Bible says that she's listless. She's, she, she's, she doesn't care that she's had a son as she's dying. And she's lying there dying. And she says, name him the glory has left. Crazy. The ark is gone. God is gone. And we're actually going to, I'm going to name my son that. The glory has departed. The glory has left. God has left us. That's what she's saying with her dying breath as she's naming her son. God has left us. God left us. He departed. Interesting that when the same word is used later, it's not just news. What, is the, what does God give the prophet to say about news? This isn't just news. This is good news. See, the, the news said God is gone. The news the prophet brought said he is here. You know, news today is bleak. We talked about that. It's hard to read. It's hard to even focus on. It's hard to look at. Most days, it's like, wow, well, okay, he's at it again. Or, oh, they did that again. Oh, that happened in that. Oh, that's so dire. Oh, that's, you know, housing prices, war, uh, sickness, disease, famine, continents in total chaos. It's hard to watch. It's hard to read. The news today says God has left us. Everywhere you look, it's, it's bad. 
It's bad news. Everywhere you look, everything you focus on, it's really difficult to find. It's so much so that like radio stations, they're starting to be like, here's your good thought of the day. Right? (laughs) Because there's nothing else to say. It's like, well, there's a bunch of garbage going on. Hey, let's find them something good so they'll keep listening. The news says God has left us. Everywhere you look, the worst of humanity, a desperate planet filled with desperate souls. That's why the good news, the gospel, is such an important word for our world today. See, it may feel like God has left us, like we're abandoned. It may feel like it's just too much or too bad, but the good news says he is here. In Jesus, God has come to us and he can change everything. Jesus is here and he can change everything. This is the story from Easter. This is the story from Palm Sunday. This is the story of Christianity that our God is here. He is with us. Even when the angels announced the birth of Jesus, they said that he was with us. He would be called God with us. He is here. This is the gospel. This is the good news. No matter what the news is saying, the good news says God is here and he's with us. If you feel like God is left and abandoned, I have good news for you. Jesus is here. Isaiah 40, same chapter in verse 27, says this. It says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and I'm disregarded by my God? Do you hear that abandonment? Do you, can you hear it in, this, in the talking? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord, the everlasting, the Lord is the everlasting God, creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no strength, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's the wrap up to this good news. Is that if you're tired, if you're feeling abandoned, if if you're feeling hopeless, if you're feeling like you don't have anything left, if you're looking around you and seeing just desperation in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, with your kids, in your household, in your job, or you don't have a job, or you don't have a home, or you look around and you're just overwhelmed by the chaos, what you need to hear today is that he is here to renew your strength. He's here to renew your strength. Yeah, that's great news. That's great news. That's what he's here for. He's here, yes, to save us and give us heaven, uh, an eternity with him. He's also here to meet us where we are right now and give us strength. 
to dwell with us, to be here with us. That's the good news. The good news isn't that he's waiting for us. The good news is that he's with us. Some of you didn't hear me this morning. The good news isn't this pie in the sky that he's up there and someday I get to be with him. The good news is that, lo, he's come to you riding on a donkey, like the prophet said. He's with you. He's with us. He's come to us. He put himself down into our story. That's the good news. Some of us today have been in some pretty rough places. Maybe you're in a rough place today. You're in a rough moment. Go back to where at the top of of Isaiah 40 it says, he's come to make the rough places smooth. Listen, I'm not saying it's going to be smooth sailing. Listen to me. But he's in it with you right now. That rough place that you're in. It also says, he's, it says, shout into the wilderness. The good news comes to you when you're in the wilderness. Some of you here today, you're in the wilderness. You're just, you're, and today, what you need to hear is, he's here for you. He's come to you. It says that he's good news to the poor. He's good news in the wilderness, in the rough places. He's good news for everyone. And again, like I said earlier, yeah, this was a, prof- a prophecy to Israel, to Jerusalem at the moment. But that's the beauty of our God, that he can speak then and it can apply now. He can speak to Judah then and say, hey, this, and this is how we know it's for us because it speaks ahead to Jesus. He, do you know why? Because God actually rescued Jerusalem from the Assyrians. God actually rescued Jerusalem from the army that was attacking them and had nothing to do with Jesus. Then, that's how I can say this is also for now. Because Jesus, the good news, also does this in my life today. Jesus, the good news, is here to meet with us today. Let's stand together this morning. I was just feeling as I prepared that those words says he'll give power to the faint and to him who has no strength he increases your strength those words are speaking to some people today you're just you feel like you're out of strength you feel faint in your spirit even maybe physically I don't know what's happening with you but you just feel you just feel like you're at the end of yourself And he says, hey, that's okay. Even youth grow tired and faint. Young men fall exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I believe today that he's here to renew your strength. You've been going through a rough time. Like it says, he makes the rough places plain. He makes them smooth. He says he brings the mountains low. 
those things that were difficult to climb, he's, he's making a way for you in the wilderness of your situation today. He's making a way for you. In your situation, right where you are today, he's making a way for you. Do you hear hope in that today? Can you hear him? Like it says, Zion, call out good news. In that very desperate situation where they're under siege, when they were being attacked, when they were being starved from the outside and they couldn't get out, they couldn't do anything, they didn't have any choices, they didn't have any options, they didn't have anywhere to run. And God says, hey, prophet, shout from the mountains, good news, your God is here. If there's something you could hear from me today, I want you to hear this. I'm here to tell you good news. God is here. And every rough place, every wilderness, every struggle, every trial, every weight, every care, every sickness, he's here today to meet you right where you are. He's not asking you to do it. He's not asking. That's what I love about Jesus is he's, he's not here today saying, well, do this for me. No, he's here today saying, I've come to you. He's here today in our generation, in our day, in our time, in this moment today. I want to pray for just a couple things today. Today, if you, uh, first, I, I, I want to start off by saying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that today. If that's you and you would just say, hey, I don't even know, I, I, I don't know who Jesus is. I would like to know Jesus. I would like this good news you're talking about. If that's you today, would you just put up your hand and someone's going to come pray with you right now to know Jesus Christ today. Give it one more minute here. Okay. So then maybe some of us are in that other camp where we would say, I am feeling faint. I am feeling tired. I'm in the wilderness. And I need the rough places to be made smooth. I need the rough places to be made plain. That's you today. And you just say, hey, I just, I need the good news to intervene in my life, in my heart, in my situation, in my marriage, in my family, in my job, whatever it is, would you just lift up your hand? We're going to pray together. If that's you today, you just say, hey, I just need, yeah. Just keep your hand up. Somebody around you has their hand up. Would you just put your hand on their shoulder? Members of the prayer team, just ministry team. We're just going to 
be the body of Christ today. The Bible says that we're the body of Christ. We have a, there's a lot of parts. We're a big family. We're going to minister to each other and see the grace and goodness and blessing of God released all over this room today in hearts and lives. Let's pray together and then we're going to have one more response. Father, in Jesus' name, I just, I thank you for each one that has their hand raised. Will you just agree with me together in prayer? Father, I I thank you for every person representing with their hand raised today that's just saying, hey, I need you, God. I'm in a desperate situation. Struggling. It's a rough season. Wilderness season, maybe. Lord, we just say yes to you. And Father, in Jesus' name, we speak a blessing over each one. Lord, would you meet with each heart? Lord, as hearts are surrendered to you, would you meet with each heart, with each life? And today, would you transform lives with the good news that you are here in our situation, in our moment, with us today, in this season, in this time, with us today? You are here. Thank you for the good news. Thank you for the good news. If there's somebody around you with your hand, with their hand up, would you just go pray with them? And then lastly this morning, you know, what I love about this passage in, in Isaiah 40 is that it says, go to the top of a mountain, Zion, and yell, shout, Good news, God is here. There's also a passage in Isaiah that says, Blessed are the feet of those who bring good news. So that's our challenge as we as we close today. Good news is to be shared. Today, now you know the good news. If you didn't before today, now you do. God is here. God's here in your situation. He wants to be here in your marriage. He wants to be in your household. He wants to be in your job. He's here. He wants to dwell with you. That's the good news. And so we are carriers of that good news. And it's our responsibility to share that good news. Amen. To step out and share with somebody that God is here and he wants to know them. That Jesus Christ is real and he died on a cross for their sin and rose from the dead for them. He's real. The gospel is real. The good news is real. And it's our responsibility, our role to share the good news with everyone that we meet. We have the good news in us. What I love about that passage is it says, Zion, Zion, go say good news. Zion, that's us. That's us. The people of God, the city of God. That's us. We say good news. Good news. God is here. So Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you. Lord, for every heart that's here today, God, and I just speak a blessing, Lord, as we leave here today to go make the invisible God visible, Lord, from here out. Father, I'm asking that as we live our lives from this moment, we would be carriers of the good news. The people around us would hear that you're here, you're with us, and you're real, God. The good news through us, we ask. 
Lord, would you encourage every heart? Would you breathe life on every heart today? We ask, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. If you need ministry for any other reason, you need healing in your body. You need prayer for healing. We had a couple of words for prayer this morning. One of them was for forgiveness. One was to help my unbelief. We also had another word this morning that said there was an infection in your right foot and a quickening of your soul. If that's you, if, you, if you're hearing God say that to you or you have those things going on, we want to pray for you today for healing in your body or for any of those things. So come on up. We want to pray for you today. God bless you. Go have an amazing Sunday. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.